1: Switched Pop.
0: Welcome to Switch On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding.
2: And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Nate,
0: there's a lot of things I admire about you. Thank you. But <laughs> I sense a but coming. There's no but. It's actually, I want to say one of the things I most <laughs> admire about you is your... Beautiful piano playing. Oh, wow. That's just a genuinely nice thing to
2: say, and you've made my day, so thank you. You've earned it. You've got the most beautiful chords. Like a little bit of this? Is that the kind of nice piano playing you're referring to? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Nate Sloan cocktail
0: hour. <laughs> You know, as a guitarist, I'm just so jealous because all I have are these, like, big, chunky chords. You're like.
2: Yeah, but you can do the one thing that every pianist wants to do, which is take a note, play it, and then bend it.
0: That's not very pretty. (laughs) It could be, in the right context. I'll work on my bends. I'm pretty jealous of that ability. Really, all I want to be able to do is play those big, lush chords like you've got on the piano You know, you have an amazing language of emotion through harmony. And it's this part of music that I love so deeply, but has felt conspicuously missing at the top of the Billboard charts in the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, I think that's basically right. If you're looking for thick, lush, extended, crunchy chords, probably the place to find them is not at the top of the charts.
0: I feel like I should clarify that, of course, pop is full of amazing vocal harmonies. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the underlying chords, and I'm wanting to get outside of the sort of basic chord progressions into things that are more roaming and winding and lush. And so, yeah, I've been in a bit of a harmonic funk. That is, until just the other day that I heard the song Famous Last Words by the artist James Blake.
2: You're the famous
3: last words I wish I never waited And I wish I never
4: started But I wish I had
2: time to live Wow, that was a harmgasm. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I dig it because it has this feeling of oh, the chords just keep on moving and stretching and expanding and weaving into new places and you're in this suspended animation like Blake can't get out those famous last words. He's not actually mm-hmm. willing to say it because he wants to stay in that emotional place. And for me, that is the power of of harmony. It is such an important emotional vocabulary in music. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. It's a very kind of ineffable and elusive musical quality, but you can't deny that when you hear a, a certain chord, a certain set of sonorities, it hits you in this emotional way that is undeniable.
0: Definitely. And if we've been in a bit of a harmonic dark ages, so to speak, I do think that maybe we are starting to move out of that phase partially due to artists like James Blake. Mm. As a bit of a refresher, James Blake has been on the music scene since the early 2010s, releasing music at the intersection of many different genres, blending dubstep with soul sounds, and underneath everything is his lovely piano and synth playing that is rich in harmonies. We can hear that on songs like his famous hit, Retrograde.
4: star consumed to and your friends are gone my friends
0: won't come so you know his idiosyncratic sound led to becoming a very in demand producer for artists like Beyonce come back
4: to your
3: sleep
0: your just to me Kendrick Lamar
3: minutes
0: later, know the feds
4: watching. Auntie on my telegram, like, be cautious. I be hanging night at Thames. I be on uh-huh. Stockton. And Frank Ocean. Hand me a towel, I'm dirty dancing by myself. Gone off tabs of that acid. Form me a circle, watch my Jagger. Might lose my jacket and hit a solo one time.
0: I feel like you can really hear his harmonic chordal sensibility on his solo piano cover of Frank Ocean's Godspeed, which James Blake helped produce. On the album Blonde.
4: I will always love you. How I do. I let go of a prayer for you. It's sweet word.
0: Now, James Blake has a new album called Friends That Break Your Heart. And I'm really loving this single, Say What You Will, which is built around this circular chord loop with beautiful falsetto vocals and throwback vocal harmonies. ¶¶
2: Act background vocals just it's like you're getting enveloped in the sound of his voice very cool track
0: and i actually got to ask him about the making of this music i spoke with him in the second half of our episode before we hear from james blake himself i thought we should explore this overarching question which got my ear into the music mm. which is basically first what is harmony why do i love it where did it go And why might it be making a comeback?
4: I mean, to me, Harmony has always been my kind of, like, light post in music. I'm Bryn Bliska. I'm a musician, composer, and producer based in Brooklyn, New York.
0: So Bryn Bliska is this producer I really admire. She's currently touring as the keyboardist for Jacob Collier, the absolute music theory savant who we interviewed back in April. And Mm -hmm. basically, she's just a total beast on the keyboard. I spoke with her because... As I was saying earlier, like honestly, my own harmonic knowledge as a guitar player could use a bit of a upgrade, and so I asked her to explain harmony to me in four levels of complexity.
4: So, sort of the star of our show here is going to be, you know, a, a chord, and there's sort of two basic flavors of chords that we hear a lot in pop music: it's a major and a minor. So. I'm going to play a super basic progression that you would hear in a lot of pop songs. It sounds something like this.
0: That's basically the simplest level of harmony. Chords put together into a progression, plain and simple, but maybe a little vanilla. Let's up level to level two.
4: A next level of complexity would be kind of shaping the chords together in a way to smooth out the progression and just adding a little bit more voice leading to sort of make them work together in a way that feels less jumping around so at the same level of complexity you could think of a song like James Blake's where he's using these same chords um, but in a different order and that would sound something like this
0: These are the chords from James Blake's Say What You Will. And even though they are in a loop, I feel like they're getting somewhere harmonically. Like, one thing I notice is how James Blake doesn't start on the home chord. We're kind of unmoored. So I asked Bryn how this level two harmonic choice changes the song for her.
4: Chord progressions that start not on the one have an element of kind of suspense and like they're going to take you somewhere you kind of feel that you're not where you're going to end up at the beginning, which is really powerful. That's continued in the second chord of this. And then you kind of arrive where you think you're going, but then he goes to a very related chord that feels much more sad. So it's kind of like you were on this little journey to get to one destination. You arrive there sort of in the middle, but then there's another chord and you find out that that wasn't actually where you were going.
0: But that's not where harmony ends. Just to pull our ear even further, I asked Bryn to imagine what would happen if the progression from James Blake's Say What You Will went to a third degree of harmonic complexity.
4: So if we were to take James Blake's progression and kind of bring it to another level, that would be really adding some other color to the chords to kind of give them a different sound and vibe. So that could be something like this.
0: She's adding more notes onto the chords, making them bigger and more lush. I asked her, well, what happens if we take that up to level four?
4: Level four would be sort of taking us into the realm of passing chords and chromaticism. So this means that we're taking notes that are not in our original chords and kind of in that original key and introducing them in between chords. So adding some chromaticism to this progression... We might hear something a bit like this.
0: What I find interesting here is that as you add layers of complexity, it actually really changes the nature of the music.
4: One of the beauties of his original progression is that it leaves a lot of space for you to kind of imagine what else is happening. There's a lot of space within the progression. It's very much open to interpretation, and there's kind of just room for us to feel into those spaces. Whereas when we add sort of that chromaticism, we're being brought on a really specific journey where there's less room for us to kind of think in the spaces in between. So we're really just kind of going on this ride. That's a little bit predetermined and kind of all encompassing.
2: Man, it is fun to hear that progression evolve with every harmonic level. You take it up, but I also come away with the strong sense that it's not like we're making better chords or better (laughs) musical decisions with every one of these higher harmonic levels we ascend to we just introduce a different way of expressing these musical ideas. But I, I I definitely have the strong sense that it's like that first chord progression is beautiful and legitimate and a wonderful thing that does not need any extra sauce or dressing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But these are just options that you have as musicians.
0: Yeah, totally. And it made me think about how every era and style of music really emphasizes a different part of musical vocabulary, often changing up the level of complexity within harmony. Like, if we go back to one of your favorite musical eras, the 1930s, and we Mm. listen to Duke Ellington, we are just rich in those complex, beautiful, level four kind of sounds.
2: seducing me with some mood indigo.
0: It's really one of the best. But, you know, if you go just a few decades forward to the 1950s and top of the charts, Bill Haley and his Comets come out with Rock Around the Clock, and one, two, three, it's a totally different musical vocabulary. Five,
3: six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your right, right Join me We'll have some fun.
2: When I'm listening to this Bill Haley track, the the first thing that strikes me is, like, this is a very specific chord progression. It's a blues chord progression. And in some ways, it's very simple. It's comprised of three chords. But it's like there's a long tradition that goes way before this Bill Haley track of musicians, especially Black, Southern musicians, taking this particular chord progression and finding a kind of infinite number of ways to introduce nuance and melody and lyric into it. So this is like such a crystalline example of the way that harmony can be pretty simple, but can become the basis for like a really powerful and direct musical composition.
0: Totally. And that sound dominated for a very long time until... You know, people get bored and want to figure out ways of mixing it up, and so why not play with timbre and introduce rough and distorted sounds like we hear on the Trog's Wild Thing?
2: Again, a really fundamental use of harmony, just like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I guess we have three chords here going up and back down, and that's exactly the point. We wouldn't want any like harmonic leveling up here because it would take us away from the the, the raw kind of immediacy of this rock and roll track.
0: Yeah, it's a great example of whatever musical vocabulary you emphasize, it's totally valid. Just to bring our conversation a little closer to the present and to contemporary music, let's listen to the number one hit, Hypnotize by the Notorious B.I.G.
4: Yeah,
2: when I hear this, I hear these looped samples, this funky low-end, not hearing a ton of harmonic movement and complexity but man the 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 rhythmic and lyrical complexity from Biggie's flow the way all these sounds are layered in i mean this is a tapestry
0: he rhymes hooligan with brooklyn like <laughs> how do you do it
2: this track is a musical tour de force but in the realm of harmony it's it's just not stressed
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because hip-hop takes over popular music from the 90s on, what we see is that all other genres start to incorporate this loop-based style of music. We can hear it everywhere. From Lord's Royals.
4: We'll never be Royals, royals. It's a one in our blood That kind of love just ain't for us We crave a different kind of buzz. Let me be
0: we hear some beautiful loops on Rihanna and Drake's work.
3: Work, work,
0: And even on Camila Cabello's Havana.
3: Havana. He took me back to
0: and as I'm playing this music for you, the one thing which is consistent, other than that they're based on loops, is that your head is nodding, you are into the hmm. music, you're having a good time. Oh, I'm feeling it. Just because these songs might not be weaving wild harmonic narratives, they're doing other creative things with music. Lord has this amazing way of inserting silence between moments and creating new vocal timbres that are so enticing. and. Rihanna is able to just make hook after hook after hook within one song over the same loop, and Camila Cabello is taking an old genre and updating it into contemporary forms. What's happened is that we've shifted into a very loop-based kind of style. People thought that was really awesome for a minute, and it still is. It's not like it's going anywhere, but something also happens where like once everyone starts to have the same character... Then musicians are like, well, we're creative people. And as a creative person, I need to like, Mm. maybe there's a little too much magic. I'm going to try something a little bit different and try emphasizing another musical language. Musicians get bored. They need to try new things. And what I'm starting to hear are musicians trying to create loops that sound more idiosyncratic, Mm. whether that's through textures or often through more harmonic complexity within the loop to make the loop more compelling. I'm also hearing people who are just completely leaving loop-based music behind.
2: Yeah, I know what you're saying, Charlie, and I've definitely found myself listening to some big pop hits and find myself thinking like, wow, I would love to solo over these chord (laughs) changes as a jazz musician because these are pretty fresh and, and funky. Songs like Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Like that's a song with the same kind of looping structure we've been talking about. But the chords within that loop are kind of new and surprising and don't always go where you expect them to go and they'd be so fun to solo over. Mm. And then take another song that we've kind of dissected at length on the show in terms of its harmony, Silk Sonics' Leave the Door Open. There's not a lot of looping in that. In fact, the chords really are taking you on this journey. And I think if you think about what makes that song so effective. It's the way the harmony builds and arcs and leads you to these new and surprising emotional states.
1: So
4: if you're to the sun, the the the
2: and whether this is a blip, a trend or A sea change, I'm here for it. I love listening to these songs, and I want to hear more about what James and other musicians think about how the language of harmony in contemporary pop music might be changing.
0: You're in for a treat, Nate, because I started my conversation with James Blake with pretty much exactly that question. (laughs) Right on. But don't listen to it allergies suck but a good nasal spray makes all the difference i personally learned that i suffer from adult onset allergies and it's a real bummer but a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolia my favorite flower if you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air you can try astapro astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion runny and itchy nose and sneezing and it starts working in just 30 minutes get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro go to astaproallergy.com for a discount that's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com uses directed for relief nasal congestion runny nose sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies Fox Creative
1: this is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu series Running Sucks Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course.
0: Hi, James. I'm Charlie. Pleasure to meet you. Hi. Hi, Charlie. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Excited to be chatting. I want to start with a big question. Why is the language of
3: harmony so important in your work? That's a good question. I think it hits on a almost a cellular level harmony, that there's a kind of physical and spiritual component. For some reason, the harmonies uh, in vocals and harmony in keyboard playing has resonated with me almost more than anything else. Maybe we could dive into
0: an example. Like if we look at your single Life is Not the Same.
4: Life is not the same if we
0: It's sort of a more limited palette for a James Blake piece. It's a four-chord loop. And yet there's still a
3: lot of chordal richness. When I went to the piano and actually tried to play at the piano, I was like. Oh really? Because <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even noticed. You're starting on the chord four of the key. Already, you're kind of in motion. You know, as as soon as you start, and then you're going straight to the fifth, which is kind of wants to resolve somewhere. It does resolve on the next chord, but then it immediately goes into a leading chord, which is the seven makes it feel like it's opening up to somewhere else. And that somewhere else is the start of this chord sequence again. So that's how you end up in a a never-ending loop. How do
0: you feel this never-ending quality that you've created is working with the meaning of the song? It reminded me of the
3: world of retrograde, actually, this song. The piano and the humming and the chord world that it lives in reminded me a lot of retrograde. So it felt like revisiting a feeling. What is that retrograde feeling? It's kind of apocalyptic. It's kind of slightly late night and it's deep. It, it's sort of, it's, it's a bit misty. It's a little bit romantic.
4: Suddenly I'm hidden the of the dawn And your friends are gone
3: I, it's hard to describe it in words but it but it that's the feeling the loop gave me I played the ones you know I took you all the way It kind of deserved that like big chorus moment you know Life is not this life
4: is not the same
3: They could have just just
0: have that What about that moment in the bridge where there's this deviation and the music modulates into a major key there's like a little glimpse of hope in that
3: melancholy. Yeah, I think I think it's a moment of understanding. Because they're the chords I added, right? To to create a variation. You know, there's a lot of there's a little bit of finger pointing in this song, you know. So if you loved me so much.
4: Why'd you go? Where'd you go? Keep yourself back. Keep on
3: if you like me so much, why do you why do you go? You know, keep yourself back, keep on lying, oh I can only be what I am. It's like in that keep yourself back, keep on lying, there's a little chord change towards the end where there's there's like a, a little bridge. I mean I could play you the moment on the piano, so it's like the chords normally are And then in the, in the next part, it's a little revelation. There's a major result. There's a kind of like feeling of a beauty that creeps in there in the, in the harmony. Like you invented the clearing and it's like this moment of, I understand why. You know, I, 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 I shall forgive you. I, I,
0: I get it. I think that's something that always delights me in your work is that where there's an ongoing repetitive part, you're not afraid to interrupt it and take us in an unexpected direction, even if just momentarily. So there's a way that these songs are on one level doing what you expect and then on a whole another bending the rules. And I can hear this in a, another song of yours, like Funeral, where there's this continuous progression that keeps moving and pushing with the melody Almost all the way through the entire course
3: come don't give up on me come don't give up on me please i'll be the best i can be
0: it takes us the whole Length of that section to get us to where we're going to land. What is happening there?
3: The chords was improvisation from start to finish, and there was no. I didn't write. I didn't traditionally sit down and, and like write a bar of that of that. It was just one imp, imp, improvisation that I chopped up. The improv would have just been based on feeling and how my fingers just naturally move on the keyboard and and what I was feeling at the time. And then I started singing around it and constructing it. I think the I Know This Feeling Too Well line probably came first. And I know this feeling too well, oh, well. But being alive at your own funeral going give up. And then I would have added verses, but... It feels like the entire song is just leading up to that. The best I can be. Blind. Please, I'll be the best I can be. I'll be the best I can be. When that comes in, people go, oh, you've written this well. Like, and (laughs) I I did it. Felt. That is one of the moments of that song that I think tie it, root it, uh, and make it feel like a song, like a, like a good song. So it begins as an improvisation. Your fingers are
0: just doing what they're doing. It feels almost like your fingers are allergic to resolution. There has to be constant propulsion. We have to keep on moving. What do you think that
3: is? It's funny because, you know, some of the covers I choose I'm not like that. Like the first time ever I ever saw your face It's not like that at all. It really, that's why I feel like it's a really new results.
4: The first time ever I saw your face, your face,
3: your face. It's like that shit lands. Probably more than any song I've ever written. But yeah, in terms of chords, you know, I remember when I was at university, I did this improv in class and uh, I remember the teacher, he was like, oh, "That's it's very nice. What you did was like, nice, but can you just stick to like, can you just stick to one chord progression? Can you just like sit on one, can you just stay there? Because you've you found this beautiful place. He was being very encouraging. It was It was a good point, you know, like, you found this lovely place to land land like just just let us hear it like let us feel it and so i think maybe it's always been a part of my disposition
0: what do you think that style of playing does are there certain emotions that this
3: wandering leans towards yeah i think i think i have the mind of somebody always searching for something new it's it's probably a. Uh, quite a neat a neat allegory for my personality really. Because I think musicians often are like a bunch of addicts, do you know what I mean? Like we're chasing new experiences and new eyes. And we're also chasing spiritual contentment. I think that like I find contentment and bliss in a chord progression. But it's fleeting. These moments of bliss Really, only come into your vision for a few seconds at a time. And you experience this incredible, pure feeling of peace. And then maybe there's no point in staying on that chord because it's gone. I don't know.
0: It strikes me that when you started releasing music in the early 2010s, it's this era of very heightened bubblegum pop. And Years later, I feel like music has shifted to your vision, a little darker, more ambient, harmonically rich. You've gotten to work with many musicians along the way who wanted to use that sound. But I wonder, a decade later, how has your vision around music making changed? Where are you now and what do
3: you want from your music? When I first started, I think I sort of, you know, I had influence and I was copying people. I was trying to do my version of... I mean, Wilhelm Scream was, was my version of Anthony Hamilton's uh, Charlene. You know? Yeah. You, you'll hear it when you hear the beat. It's, it's like, completely, to rip-off. what <laughs> with the new take, obviously. And... You know, I was also covering songs. I was doing them, you know, a little Let it
4: die. And get out of my mind.
3: Well, I scream was my dad's right. song. I, at the time was also doing all this dance music and I think whatever my style was became the style people so- associated with me for years after that even when I wasn't really making that style anymore and I think you know after that people started to copy it uh, which is, happens to a lot of musicians it's not been me. You know, we're, we're in a state of constant, you know, recontextualization and, and, um, borrowing. That's part of what music is. And I've certainly done it to lots of other musicians. But then I think pop, when I turned on the radio, started to resemble versions of, of what I was doing a couple of years before that, or a few years before that. And it was hard to not notice that there were people, Profiting wildly in ways that I didn't when I made that kind of music. (laughs) That's like that's a bit of a shame, but it's also like you know you've got people who are contextualizing it into a pop format. I think that made me a bit insecure. I was just like, "Fuck!" Like, I'm probably never going to be accepted in pop music, really. And yeah, here we are. Like, pop music sounds like that shit, you know. And I'm not even doing that anymore. So. Where's my, you know, where's my place in, in pop music? Maybe I don't have one, or maybe it's always on the outskirts looking in, you know, like looking through the, looking through the glass. I think that for a while that was the effect it had. And, you know, for other reasons as well, I lost a lot of confidence in, in my, what my sound was and none of that matters. And I think when you're in your twenties, it really feels like innovating and having your own sound is really important. Now I just want to write good songs. I I just, I like making music. I love making music with other people. If I can innovate as well, then that's great. But Ultimately, you get to a point where you go, well, the most important thing is I've had fun. I'm definitely hearing on this record, as much
0: as there is still some harmonic wandering, there's certainly a lot more confidence and command over what you're saying. It's like, you're saying this thing and you mean it.
3: Yeah. I mean, is that just your early thirties? I don't know. I think it might be. It might be. It's funny because I did all this, you know, did all this fucking therapy. And then my, I remember my mom said to me, I was like, I'm getting, you know, I feel like I'm getting more confident. My mom goes, you know, that happens when you enter your thirties. And I was like, no, it's all this work I've been doing. What are you doing? No, I, I, you did the work. You <laughs> did the work. <laughs> no, but we're all trying our best aren't we? So it's like, You don't want to think that, oh, it's just because a bunch of brain cells died. And now I feel a bit, you know, my anxiety cells just fell off. And so I feel a bit better. Um, But whenever it is. Thank you, James. It's been a lot of fun speaking with
0: you. Thanks, Charlie. Much appreciated. Switched on Pop is produced by Nate Sloan and me, Charlie Harding. We're edited by Julia Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarland, social media by Abby Barr, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, and our executive producers are Nishat Kerwa and Hannah Rosen. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Ultra. I want to say a special thanks to audioshake.ai for helping us create stems for individual tracks on this episode.
2: Find more episodes of our show at switchedonpop.com or wherever you get your podcasts and We love talking to you, so please reach out to us on the socials at SwitchedOnPop. What's your favorite harmonic adventure that you've been taking on in pop music (laughs) in in recent years? We want to hear it. Hit us up there. We'll be broadcasting to you a brand new episode every Tuesday, and we've got some exciting stuff coming out, so you don't want to miss it. We'll see you next Tuesday,
0: and until then, thanks Thanks for listening. listening. uses this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.
1: Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running.